tuck, 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 push. I hate that. Sure. It's all very much like you're going quickly and smoothly, but you don't feel like you don't have any ride where your stomach falls out. And for that, I can ride every single roller coaster. <laughs> Let's start the show. For those who do not know, the biggest wrestling spectacular names from all over the country former champions i've never seen anything like it eddie graham florida promotion Vern ganyan superstar billy graham road warriors mid-south coliseum in memphis tennessee bill watts jerry jarrett dory funk harley race uh, nick bockwinkle this is Cigars in Conversation with Derek St. Holmes, Esquire. Hello and welcome to Cigars in Conversations, brought to you by our good friends at All the Gimmicks and iTunes, and of course, wherever great podcasts can be heard. Uh, I'm your co host, Jay Yoke, and I'm sitting here with a true raconteur in the world of professional wrestling. This man has shared the ring with a who's who of talent that ranges from Adrian Serrano to Scott Marciano. See how that works? That's like rhyming, I think, uh, somewhat. Um, A wrestler, a manager, commentator, and a trainer who's contributed essays to wrestling publications and who recently appeared on SportsIllustrated.com. With 20 years of experience, he's a true renaissance man with unlimited knowledge a true controversial figure in the Midwestern wrestling scene as of late. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm speaking of the incomparable, the one, the only Derek St. Holmes Esquire. Hi, Derek. Hi. Uh, both those guys are shooters, too. Are they? Yeah. Um, Actually, uh, Scott was a student of Adrian. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I remember Adrian. I don't know Scott. So Shooter Scott? Yeah, I don't know Shooter Scott. I, I, I refuse to believe that. I've maybe, I, I can't believe you've never crossed paths with him. I Maybe we have. Okay. There's probably been a handshake somewhere yeah. down the road. Yeah. Um, hey, welcome back. Thank you. It's good to have you. Thank you. And sorry to everyone for not recording episodes, but... It's been busy. I it's mean... It's been very busy. It's been oddly busy. So, like, I mean, even just for myself, Florida, St. Louis, Chicago, making towns, doing making things. Towns, Kyle, Kyle, where have hearts. you been lately? Star Wars Celebration. That was it? I think so. Actually, I've been probably you, the chillest of all. You don't understand. Now I'm going to start getting busy, but okay. you guys are. Well, you don't my, understand. That was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Well, so that ruined actually, my bit where I wanted to do oh. something where Kyle would tell all the cool cities he's been to traveling for work, and then we were going to turn to you, and I'd be like, what about you? And you'd be like, I'm just here. I'm hanging out in Milwaukee. It's great. I wanted to make it sound like we were really busy and that you weren't. Uh, neither of you were on sportsillustrated.com. That's true. How was that? Were you excited about that? No, it was weird to watch. Was it? Yeah, because it, uh, yeah, without getting too much into it, I didn't see any business coming out of it. Right. No, and that makes sense. Yeah, and um, that's what made me angry. It's that, so, and you know what? And I think we're going to... If you ask me the question, I will walk out. No, I'm not asking okay. you any question. Okay, good. Uh, because I just, I understand your point of view on it. Yeah. Can you, and again, without... Get as I'm asking you a question, but I'm trying. I am dancing around the subject a little bit here. Yeah, uh, and I'm not, and I'm definitely not trying to lure you into. You're anything. Already spending too much time. On okay, it. can you gave me a very great reason why you don't want to talk about it? Could you just say what that is? I don't want to talk about it because it leads to a payoff that can't be delivered. I agree. So, I think that's that's, that's awesome. But can we talk about the Knights Pop of Columbus? Music? Oh, yes, we can talk about the Knights. So that was a big event that happened. Uh, yes, and I am indirectly happy that this, the previous thing happened because everybody else took pictures at the Knights, but now all I have, to, I have like this Googleable record of my last night at the Knights of Columbus. Isn't so. that great? So that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. And again, uh, tap dancing on landmines here. You worked Ace Steel that night. Yeah, yeah. We had a good match. I was very, very nice. happy. Is, with when's it. the last time you saw Ace Steel? Last time I saw him? Yeah, before that. Uh, he stayed at my place in Chicago in the mid-aughts. Okay, so it, it was a while ago. Yeah, yeah, but we talk a lot. That's cool. Yeah. Hopefully that, he can come back and we can finish it. Who, um, 
He started it. I'll finish it. So let's. Uh, who was there again? And I'm like, Baron von Raschke was there, correct? Yeah, I'm trying to think when he might have been there for Frank before. Mm-hmm. I don't think Carmine brought him into that building. Yeah, he was there for Frank. Yes. Okay. And um, I, I saw the turnout was great. It was good to see Milwaukee wrestling. Uh, it nice was crowd. like a uh, class reunion in the back. Yeah. So that was cool. Uh, Frank, Craig, Skullcrusher, Teenage Heartthrobs, got DeMarc. Uh, Barfly, I think, was there somewhere. At some point. Yeah. Floating around somewhere. He, I think he slept in the back, so he's probably got to find a new cool new cot somewhere. It was a great send-off. Yeah, it was a nice little bit. Yeah. I'm, uh, and you partook I'm, in your, I'm looking forward in your last to, cigar, I take it, at yes, the parking lot? Yes. Uh, I'm looking forward to being able to drive by as it's being torn down so I can just watch my heart break. Sure. Every every time. Yeah, I guess so, because that was part of your life for how many years? Uh, well, what is it now, 23 years? Got to be. That's the building, yeah. That one. That's the one of the buildings I broke in. in. Was that the first building you ever wrestled in? No. Okay. No, first, first, first match was outside. First building I wrestled in was in Indiana somewhere. Oh, I think wow. Hobart, Indiana. Okay. Very cool. Well, that was a good thing. So now, again, not addressing the that <sighs> yeah. topic, but let's talk about today's topic, which is kind of tied to that. Sure. Right? I, I don't know. So we're talking about, <laughs> and um, it's a little bit broad, but I think we can kind of hone it down as we work here. Okay. Uh, basically, um, famous or classic or memorable in our eyes, um, debuts and or, as they say, the curtain jerk, right? No, uh, I don't understand what you mean by the curtain jerk. Oh, like is it like the people, uh, like when someone comes out unexpectedly. Oh, um, okay. Kind of like debuts out of nowhere type okay. thing. Okay. That's that's what I mean by that. All right. I wasn't sure. Yes. Like curtain jerk means you open the show. Sure. But doesn't curtain jerk also mean that uh well I guess it doesn't, does it? I'm sorry, I got my maybe have my terms mixed up then. Okay. It does I don't know, then give me something more than just okay. Like actually I, I, say like then help me out here rather than just say okay. Like what is the term? Like a fan out of the stands debut, or any kind of like any kind of a secret debut, surprise. Or any kind of, well, surprise any of those jump. terms is great. Okay, I always thought curtain are jerk great. was one of those terms. Are great. No curtain jerk. You're opening the show. Oh, gotcha. I we we're doing two episodes. We are doing two oh, episodes. Okay. But not on those two things. We have another a whole another one. So that just involves, famous debuts. Yeah, like kind of like famous debuts. Surprise and, and yeah, or otherwise. Yeah. Sorry if I got the terminology wrong. Okay. Sorry, I had to drag it out of you to tell me where I, how I could correct myself there. So the first one, if I understand it, that I remember was Hillbilly Jim. Yes. Um, because he was a fan out of the stands that Hulk Hogan befriended. Yes. And the big thing was Hogan gave him a pair of boots, and even then I thought those boots look awful new to be Hulk Hogan's favorite boots. Oh, so he said it was his favorite boots? Or something like that. Maybe he bought his first pair of boots. I just remember they looked really new, which then again led to the whole, wait a minute, new wrestling boots. I wonder where he got them. Where, do, where does one get wrestling boots? And so you, uh, much like that me. That was a question for years, Kyle. I know. I, I agree. Um, where, where, where do you get them? And so we didn't know him as Harley Davidson. No, I never knew him as Harley Davidson. Not until years later when the Lords of the Ring... Uh, VHS came out. That's when I realized it because I think they had him on there as Harley Davidson. I think maybe the After Mags might have mentioned it too. Okay. They were, uh, and actually, did, from your memory, what did the After Mags usually play along? I haven't, I, I'm trying, I've been trying to remember this and I was racking my brain about it the last couple of days and kind of going over stuff for this. Um, and I was looking through some of the magazines, but I never had anything where uh, a wrestler, like say a Hillbilly Jim, uh-huh. Harley Davidson, uh, made that transition. Did the mags say like, "Oh, formerly known as Harley Davidson," or did they pretty did they keep it pretty low key, knowing that WWF was doing this new gimmick for Hillbilly Jim? In that case, they most likely would have kept it low key because Harley Davidson would have only been in Memphis, and uh, the after mags only covered Memphis. What Lawler and them sent them? Yes. So, <laughs> excuse me. By the way, I'm going to be coughing a lot today because I got this disgusting rattle in my lungs. It's great. That's awesome. Um, 
I love when I'm wrestling it, and uh, every once in it's like not a loogie. I think they're called like tonsil cookies or something like that. <laughs> uh, the crypt. Say no more. Yeah. It just every once in a while you get you take a bump and you're like, what the hell was that? You know? That's pretty nasty. Sorry, but it happens. But they covered it, right? They they covered the hillbilly gym, but they wouldn't say who he was. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't was. expressly expose uh, something like that. Sure, because they weren't about exposing the business. They were all about working along with. The only things I recall they did do was acknowledge that uh, Randy Savage and Pafo, Lanny Pafo, were brothers. Okay, and they never said that. Um, there was a couple other things they were they were weird about that way. I do remember they never acknowledged that the Four Horsemen feuded. Oh, really? Because I remember finding, this is my Mark mind, I yeah. remember finding an article of like a match that Ric Flair and Tully Blanchard had, and I wanted to send it in to them and say, hey, you covered this, what the hell? Right. You know, why don't you tell us about this? Was um Before I realized, oh. That like this is how it works. Yeah. What about, so when you think about debuts and uh, when it came to more territorial times, um, when you had guys, and especially attraction guys, uh, the Kamalas, the Abdullah the Butchers, mm-hmm. um, things like that, there was never really a cold reveal, right? Was it most of the time it was always a setup with videos to like draw the people in because they were going to bring them to some show to try to uh, you know punch up a gate or something like that? Uh, I'm both, yeah, depending on you know availability or. However, however, the show was booked. Sure, because I was thought that. I mean, of course, you remember the video setups and everything because that's what's available now. Right. But you know, there's nothing wrong with way back then. Oh, we got something going on. Oh my God, what is this? Who is this person coming in? But, yeah. You know. But the bigger names that right were traveling the, the circuit, like I say, like maybe like the Brodies and the Abdullahs and stuff like that, they were usually teased prior to them coming yes. in. You never had anyone just like show up out of the blue. Well, something like that, I'm going to say, yes, you did still have people show up out of the blue, but you wouldn't have remembered it. Uh, people like Brody and Abdullah and some of these touring guys, they also had all of this available tape that they could send in. Yeah. You know, obviously you needed the resources to be able to generate these video packages and everything like that. Plus with those type of attractions, they were known. So you wanted to get them out as opposed to, we have to get this character over and get this guy hot. Yes. You know, in six weeks. Right. Right. Um, are there any debut, debut guys from <laughs> debut, debut guys? That makes sense. Did, were there any guys that you remember seeing for a first time, something that you were like, Oh my God, this is great. Someone that they brought out on television that not necessarily like a hillbilly gym out of the stands guy, but anybody, maybe in Crockett or some other territorial, AWA, what have you, um, that you were like when you know nothing about them, but then when they debuted, you were kind of like gobsmacked by it or awestruck with it? Uh, nothing that I really recall off the top of my head, but a concept that I thought of while you were going off on that is a lot of the times like you would have somebody be elected the rookie of the year, Yeah, but they had been wrestling five ten years but you know they're new to that area something like that so what you think is a debut is really somebody that's you know got their act down and got their chops polished and all right right um incidentally tom stone was asking us for a new uh episode soon and i'd like to go back to his debut in mid-south yeah where he had to drive everything down in his car, meet everybody at the show, go to the ring when he was told, be given the finish in the ring, have a 10-minute match with the guy who he never talked to, claims he never talked to since, but you know, yeah. it's the same story. Um, but gets to the back and finds out that Bill Watts and Grizzly Smith were watching his match, and if they didn't like what they saw, they were going to tell him to get back in his car and turn around and go and, home. And head back. Yeah. Wow. So that's like a, a pressure debut then. Yeah, for sure. So there's your, your territory of like that's how tenuous your job was your first night in. Right, right. So, but but that would have been something, hey, here's this new guy coming in. Let's get him on the road a little bit. So these guys would be seen on the road, and then you put them on TV with their their smash debut. Or right, whatever. and then, yeah, push it out there. Uh, I know we've talked about it in the past. Um, I always found the... Uh, like the hot shot of Rock and Roll Express that first night. 
I know. I feel like that's when we've covered before. But. Yeah, but that was also coming in right as a, a you know a proven commodity. Right, guys that had already been around yeah, the block. Yeah. And so it was that like wasn't creating that, that thing. wasn't a debut. Yeah, it wasn't like the uh, the surprise. Do you feel like there was a lot more of like the sneaky surprise? I don't say sneaky surprise, but that stuff was more of like '90s attitude era things. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that, where that because that's all hotshot booking. Right, but. Um, I guess another concept we can talk about here is the the ways you could get somebody over yeah, for in, sure. in their debut. Uh, you've got the quick winning streak that we saw with Magnum TA and Goldberg. Yeah. So, but but the problem with that is you had need a line of guys going out the door that they have to beat in order to get over. Right. Um, there is the... the Jay ro- Doherty's rolling over in his couch right now that we just mentioned Magnum TA. He's got. Uh, I did actually watch a match with uh, Wahoo and Magnum recently, and Magnum was not wearing the Western boots. He was wearing white boots. Really? Yes. Oh wow. Yeah, but that's wild. Fantastic. Well, I guess. Well, oh, I guess that would have been Dusty's. Oh, we gotta get you a pair of Westerns, baby. Well, what was Wahoo wearing? Was he wearing those weird ones that, like, the white ones that didn't quite fit on the calf? Like, yeah, yeah. They, they were loose. Like they were almost like the white version of the Russian. Yes. Boot. Yes. Yeah. God, we oh, love wow. boots. Oh, wow. Well, okay, but this is going back to where Kyle was laughing at us. Yeah. But I, wonder, I seriously wondered that for years. Like, where can I get a pair of wrestling boots? Like, I had no idea where you would go. This information just wasn't available. Right, like it just didn't and pop And then, out there. Um, what, it was the early 90s, I saw an ad in the back of the Pro Wrestling Illustrated for... Uh, Dennis Brent writing some book, how to be or you know how to get into wrestling, blah 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 blah. But it was for fifteen. Do- I've told this story before. It was for fifteen dollars, and like you had to send a money order for it. Like wouldn't even take a check. Needed to be a money order. So I yeah, had to go that's crazy. All that hassle. And then got it, and then it had the address of the schools, and oh, this is where you get boots, and all this. Stuff. It's like oh wow, I had no idea. And then so did you buy from there? Eventually. Yes, because I found out that it was legit. But at that time, I had no reason to buy from them. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Here, Kyle, working on the, a design for our T-shirt for Cigars and Conversations. So that, that Western boot yeah, that I had yeah, drawn up. I'm so uh, we're, uh, so now you're teasing that. Yeah, we're, uh, I'm working on a... W- <laughs> Just like you're teasing our live episode. Yeah. Uh, is that a thing yet? It is, it is a thing. It better be a thing. So, yes. No, I know. I didn't want to ruin your Memorial Day. Yes. We'll be driving in from camping for that. Well, and I'll be cu- coming back from Amish country. All right. Well, that's pretty good. The, uh, Where's Kyle going to be? Yeah, Kyle, what are you doing for Memorial Day this year? What day is it? It's... Uh, Monday? It's usually a Monday. <laughs> Two weeks away. Yeah. Two weeks or one week? I don't know. Normally, I like these episodes to exist in a realm of... Uh, oh, that's fine, this, but, but... I'm just kidding. Oh, here, Kyle's got something going on. It depends if the Bucks win in six games or less. Otherwise, Game 7 is on Memorial Day. It's against the Raptors. What? But you, will you be in town that weekend? Sunday oh, that night. weekend? Yeah. Awesome, because we have a, that live episode on Sunday <laughs> Good. night. Good, because you're working. Yeah. We're working. With that, all uh, right. Sorry, uh, guys. We, we didn't mean to work. We just did a business no, we, meeting. We, can cut all we just that. did a business meeting here, right on the uh, podcast, just to figure stuff that. out, which is fine. Uh, <laughs> 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 nope, yes. I don't listen to this shit. It's all good. It's all good. Um, wasn't uh, John Tenta another one of those planted crowd uh, Ultimate Warrior guys? Uh, yeah. Okay. So fan out of the crowd. Good. That's another one. Uh, so we got the winning streak. Fan out of the crowd. Uh, dramatic mugging after a match. Yes. Um, is that usually considered a pretty good hot shot? Just like have someone come in and then just like drub. Yeah, some that's got to be a heel. That's very Memphis. Yeah, uh, because in Memphis the thing was they'd come in, beat Lawler, beat everybody. Lawler would beat the guy, and then they'd go on to the next one. Was Memphis uh, one of the few? I felt like Memphis really relied a lot on telephone calls sometimes, where it'd be like, oh, uh, that's the in. the capability of the studio, though, and that was what it was for yeah, that. Yeah. Has there ever been, can you think of any time where there's ever been somebody was promised and they just never showed up? Like if there was ever like a wrestler that was going to debut and it just never happened? Uh, I'm not understanding your question. Like so say someone was coming in. Say uh, just trying, like whatever. Here's uh, what so-and-so is going to be here next week. Like so-and-so, Superstar Billy Graham's coming in. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not saying that he ever did this. Just picked a name out of the, uh, the bag. And... 
uh, did a like, oh, and they were like hyping it up, hyping it up. And then that person ne- like never showed up or never for something went through and they just never happened. I could see that happening in Memphis just because it was live and it was weekly, but like Vince would have never let that on his TV right. or anything like that. Right. And then the AWA was also able to cut in stuff very easily. So. Yeah, and they were able to kind of affect it. Where's of course, that? the AWA didn't have that episodic television because they just say, coming soon to your area or, right. or next week on television. You know? Were there any AWA debuts that you remember or anyone that, anything that stood out to you or anything that made it uh, an impact as far as the trajectory of that, the actual uh, show or territory itself, something that you felt changed things around. You know, you can look at Hulk Hogan. You can kind of cite that. Yeah. It's like here comes the blonde muscle guy in there um, kind of standing like that, out. don't you? It's kind of standing out against the, um, you know, the old yeah. timer and then the, the classic. Uh, uh, I, I remember being slightly confused by the debut of gorgeous Jimmy Garvin in the AWA. Because he why seemed that? so overly flamboyant. Yes. But then I was confused. I, I guess this is because of the wrestling at the time that he wasn't bigger. Like, sure. Like, well, he's kind of a shorter guy. Right. You know, but then, you know, I didn't really know the concept of sizes with everybody. And, right. Right. And his afro was like four inches higher. That's true. Well, and uh, Precious was always mussing it up on top. Yes. Poofing it to make it higher. Job. That was her job. Um, but it was always, and I can't feel like um, when you look at a lot of the AWA stuff, if you have a chance to go back and look, it seems that Vern seemed somewhat reluctant when new people came in to really give them um, a fat, like a, a big push right away in the sense right. that like he really made his guys, yeah. like they paid their dues. Not so much of like when you see the ones where someone comes in and they just steamroll everybody. Uh, he ended up. He really wanted. Well, he did that with the them. Road Warriors, right? But that's all you could do with the. At Road that Warriors. point, you had no choice but to do that. Um, no, but that was just hit. That was also his booking style. Sure. And his television, again, his television wasn't really episodic. His his television was just mostly, you know, we're gonna have matches in this right. warehouse. Occasionally, something will happen. Right. But then there was a lot of interviews so like the the television of the awa was not you know it was a vastly different animal from what you see today gotcha gotcha now from what you see today and of course everything's at our fingertips internet Uh right and all that um it's 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 here to stay that's what i'm hearing and uh when it comes to just like i say all of that the instant knowledge that's there for you um how do you I'm, I, and again, I'm not trying to sound like we're old men, get off my lawn or anything like that. Bastards. But do you appreciate it when, say, a talent that has existed for an extremely long time elsewhere without the success of WWE, when they do go to WWE, uh, how do you feel about it? Like as far as like them debuting or doing their thing, do you feel like... Um, the way that it's handled is just weird now, or do you like yeah, it? Yeah, I, I don't think anybody can get over organically. Not at all. And when my friends get contracts there, I wish them well, and I hope they make make their money until they get fired. Right. Because they're all hired to be fired. Right. Yeah, and it's just kind of it's there's there's no. Yeah. Just like no I don't anymore. see I don't see anybody changing the industry because the environment there isn't built to enforce right. change. Right. Right. You know, no, that turned, makes sense. Yeah, they've turned it into, you know, commoditized product. So Right. And I get what they're doing. They're making money. They're just Sure. Uh, but it's just are not we gonna cover that? Are we gonna cover my WWE shot? On yeah, the well, that, well we're gonna we can let's do it right now. Oh, but what? We can Oh no, because Kyle was surprised. You know I did that bit on Raw, right? Oh, are you trying to yeah, like th- like three months ago. Yeah. Can we talk about that right now? Is that okay? Uh, sure. Yeah, but don't, let me that's finish fine. my point. Yeah, no, finish <laughs> your point. But definitely, you're um, the one that brought up. I just want to do. No, say, no, like, the whole point that when I got up there and saw how that machine works, like yeah. that's very interesting. But that just reinforced that like the dream I'm quote unquote pursuing is not that that at all. Yeah, right. Like the dream I wanted is dead forty, fifty years ago. Sure. But, it, again, neat to see, uh, interesting how all the pieces go together, the just juggernaut that's behind it. And, right. You know, fantastic, and it works for them, and, you know, I'm sure it's glamorous for some people, but to me it just doesn't seem, you know. It's that, uh, does it I want, you know, I want pulling up to the arena 
an hour before the show, go in, ah, oh, you're working with him, boom, 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 right, and then you right. go instead of everything I saw there. It's very sterile, yes, right? Yes, And it just, it's business. It's yeah, it's business, it's a production, it's very... It's a whole thing. Yeah. So let's talk about your debut for the WWE a couple months ago. Okay, I mean, it wasn't much of a debut, I just did extra work. Well... But are we going to do that? Are we going to save that? For what? Let's do it right now. We're here, brother. Okay, I thought we were going to save it for when... Uh, when like, Ronda Rousey's here? Well, no, when Ego was with us. Uh, we'll get... Don't worry about that. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll handle that. That That's all good. But let's talk ah, about... That means it's not going to happen. What? What? I, I, I've learned how to decode your manager No, that's, talk it'll happen. Your, it's just... Your I'm saying, talk over, no, brother, we got stars coming, kid. You're going to be great. <laughs> no, but seriously. Ah, let's talk about... Uh, the, we're going to have spotlights and dancing girls. And was that incredible. your first time? Was that your first time actually on WWE TV? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, that was something that had never previously been a goal for me simply because um but sorry we're talking kyle's directing this is where i'm gonna reach kyle's directing derek on where to put his drink is this all right is it fine because that's fine it should be Okay. No, no, I don't like the look on your face, Kyle. I know it so seemed I'm a little. Going, I gotta admit, to Kyle my, seemed a little bit touchy on the way tea. where you're. I'll just, uh, I'll just get a drink before I start here, and yeah, then, and then I'll be fine because I don't want. Yeah, because that was kind of. Yeah, I, don't know, I felt was, a little. Uh, yeah, I felt a little, intimidated. A little bit of something from there from Kyle. He got a little bit uh, fired up. I thought. Uh, but so you had? Are you gonna say you had never been? No. offered that before. Uh, uh, no, but that was also a, that had never been a goal of mine. Sure. Uh, again, when I started, I was a little older, and I understood that at the time the WWE wanted you young and dumb. Right. But I had also heard several stories of not so much being mistreated, but you know, heavy hazing that the the road guys would do to the local guys. Okay. And I just didn't really want to, you know, be associated with that. I was also too old for their their look. Yeah. You know, so I didn't want to. Sure. That that just wasn't anything that had ever So when you walk in though and they see you. Uh-huh. Is is there somebody that's just like like oh you look a little old or are they like ooh you look good like you would be a good security guard? Well, I'll get to that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'll just sit here and listen. Go ahead. Okay. So, uh what it was Friday, I was out to eat, and all of a sudden I got the message from my contact that said, "Hey, um, do you want to do this?" And then was it two days later? I got the message from your contact saying, "Why isn't Derek getting back to me? Can you reach out to him for me?" No, no, no. That was the same day. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, he didn't want it public because he doesn't want people blowing up his. That phone. makes perfect sense. So. Uh, I got the message from my contact said, "Hey, do you want to do this?" My first answer was, "No, I do not want to." And he comes back, why not, dude? I'm like, I'm too old for their TV. He's like, no, it's just security guard work. There's no, there's no match. Sure. But then I also went on to learn that the culture has changed where they don't, they don't shit on the local guys, you know, unless you, they give you, you know, you give them a reason to. Right, right. So, like, I spent the majority of my time there being as invisible as I could. Sure. Uh, but we got there. Well, okay, you asked about the appearance. When... Uh, I got the email, like this guy then referred me to the WWE who sent me the email. I had to send in two recent pictures and, you know, some other personal information. Okay. Um, so like they knew who it was, you know, and they, they do all this. There was actually a specific call for, uh, bigger guys, normal haircuts, no visible tattoos. Nice. Perfect. Well, which is good cause they didn't want, you know, a bunch of wrestling students. Right. Which, you know, whatever. That's what we've always talked about, right? Yes. Like watching yeah. those independent movies and there's a police officer with a ponytail and you're like, what the fuck is this? Yes, yes. That's somebody's brother. Um, so let's see. I, summing it all up, we got there. We had to wear suits when we walked in. Sure. Um, we met our contact who directed us to where we had to change. Then we had to go visit with their doctor to get a quick physical, which okay. I, you know, I thought was interesting. Yeah. You know, like this is what they have to set up and do every night at every location right, or right. whatever. Uh, after that, we could get dressed, and then we went. Um, 
went down to kind of the cattle call where we had to go sit at ringside. Uh, they had us all stand up, you know, ranked by height. Um, let's see. It, there's there's a million little stories in here. Sure, of I course. bet. Million little stories. But then they just kind of counted off and said, okay, you six go over there. You're going to be security. Everybody else come over here and talk to them. And they turned into the the rosebuds. The or, dancing yeah, the, people, sure. No way, Jose dancers. Or okay. Whatever. Or the yeah. conga line. That's what they And were you them. just like, fuck, yes, thank you. No. Security? No, because by this time I had heard um, a rumor from somebody that had a connection to the office that said, you're either going to be in a segment with Rousey or a segment with Lesnar. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and you're kind of like, uh. And I was just like, uh, I really want to be in that conga line because I have... <laughs> Like I wasn't too worried about Rousey because you know for right. whatever reason, well, probably she's a girl. No, no, not because she's a girl. Because because I got the feeling she like knew she was in wrestling. Yeah. Whereas I didn't think Lesnar gave a fuck. Right. And would very easily drill all of us. Sure. Right. So that's that's kind of what I was yeah. thinking. It's like I am too old for this shit. You know. Blah 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 blah. Um. Uh. It was. It was pleasant when we were standing around waiting for the various things when certain agents and other people that I've known from my history in wrestling would break out and come over and say hi. Oh, now, that's great. Like everybody had their group of friends. Were they but, shocked to see you? Uh, one of them was. Walked yeah. over, gave me a deep hug, and just whispered in my ear, you're too old for this shit. That's like, pretty amazing. All right. That's pretty great. So so that was fun. Um we walked through our bit and then we could go hang out in catering and kind of sat waiting for the show. Is there just like shitloads of food? Yes. Yeah. Catering is great. Um, as I recall, I had a lot of uh, chicken breast and roast cauliflower. Wow. Which was just incredible. And you could just keep going up there and yep. dishing out and dishing it out. Yep. That's great. Um, uh, we did film some walking around stuff and pictures for social media. Uh, my big observations this time were, one, everybody that wasn't a cameraman or a key grip was wearing a suit. Really? Yes. Like, everybody <laughs> everybody looked young and fitted suits and just professional as shit. Right. Uh, to the amount of uh, uh, devices, uh, phones, tablets, laptops, like everywhere. Everybody had something. Right. Like, and so, they're all checking it and doing that. Yes, yes. They're all checking it and doing stuff. And this, that, and the other thing. Like we filmed a vignette and then we had to wait for one of the writers to come down and watch it and okay it. You know, just sure. the, the process of how everything goes together was very interesting. Sure. Um, then we all had to wait for our bit. The match was up, so we were all on deck. Somebody elbowed me and kind of did, hey, look over there. And I turned around, and there was Vince sitting at the, the monitor. Sure. It was just like, oh, there's Vince. But then I just turned around because, one, one thing I did not want to do was to be seen, like, eyeballing talent. Like, yeah. oh, look at that. You, you don't want to be that guy. No. So I was just like, oh, there's Vince. Boom. Went back and just concentrated. So he had no idea I existed. So that then that's you didn't fine up? with me. Hi, Mr. McMahon. My name is Derek St. Holmes Esquire. You no, I did recognize not me. because I also saw the guy that they pointed out as Vince McMahon's personal security. Yeah, and he was a beast. Uh, well, not so much a beast, but very jason statham uh, i nice, mean yeah. no 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 not you know not young and but just more of a the, jason bateman no no this person could fuck you up okay just sure. just fuck you, you just downright was, fuck was, you up that was the yeah. yeah so i nope again spend as much of my time as possible being as invisible as i could be yeah so we ran out and did the bit and luckily i was able to get perfectly opposite hard cam for a, one good shot so yeah it was great so that was fun um you know what it would be great like hindsight now and knowing what you know and everything that's transpired since that um you could have totally walked up to vince and been like hi my name's derek st holmes he'd be like i don't give a fuck who you are and he'd be like listen someday i'm gonna be on sportsillustrated.com and there's nothing you can fucking do about it hot commodity no i I don't like anything about what you just said oh i think that's would have been that would have been great so we did our bit uh like they cut to commercial, we came off and kind of kayfabed until we gotten back. Yeah. Um, to to their credit, you know, I, again, didn't ask any of our names, but Triple H looked us all in the eye and asked us if everyone was okay. 
Yeah. Like, oh, thanks, you know, as opposed to get the fuck out of here. Uh, Are you okay? You okay? Okay. Are you ready <laughs> to leave? Shush. Um, <laughs> he asked if we were okay. Rhonda and her husband both came out. They shook all of our hands, so they were very cool. Yeah. Uh, I immediately turned to our ref that was the contact and said, where do our shirts go? He's like, well, he said talent relations. Talent relations sent us to props. Props sent us to something else. So, just out of back alley door, you guys are just standing. Well, like, what the no, fuck was it, that? Well, because we were at the Allstate, so there's yeah. like a, a tunnel underneath to like their staging area, which I had never been. That was very neat. As I was walking down the tunnel down there, I spent my time. Um, I was managing the circuses, having to direct the animals down those. <laughs> Jesus well, Christ. I, I love it. Yeah. because That's I mean, amazing. Yeah, that's just what you're thinking about when you're yeah, there. Yeah, right. So dropped off our shirts, got my bag, which I had packed before the bit. Uh, I was on TV like 9.05. I was in my car like 9.23. No shit. Yeah, just boom, boom, see you guys later. Gone. And then that's done deal. Yep. Two the, weeks later, my check. Are started. they very much like... Hey, thank you. Okay, great. Get your stuff, and then you guys can. They want you out of there. I'm assuming, they don't want you like dilly dallying. Or... Uh, nobody, nobody said anything. I just that that's what I was gonna do. Did you let all the guys that you knew that were there like I'm out? See you later. You let them know nope. at least. No, you just did your thing. No, nope. gotten gotten my car, left. Uh, twenty minutes later, got a text from my contact and the guy he was riding with. You son of a bitch! I'm the one that usually leaves the building first. I'm like, sorry. That's pretty great. I was all packed up. Oh, that's pretty pretty good. So do you feel, like you said, it's a different beast, but do you feel that it, um, well, I mean, I don't, did you respect it? Did you think it was, were you like, okay, like I understand. You weren't like the old guy walking in like, this isn't how wrestling should be. You weren't like cranky about it, were you? Like, oh, no. You knew it was like, this is this, is this well-oiled machine that yeah. has its way to do it and you were just there. Yeah. That's pretty cool. But... Again, it also reinforces everything like JR saying, there's no renegades in wrestling. There's nobody shaking things up. It's like that. That's not you couldn't. En- you couldn't. That's not encouraged in that environment. Right. And you would be bounced out or you, right. know, you would disappear. Which leads to um, kind of rolling this back around to what we were talking about. <laughs> one of the big things that point, and we do have one. We, no, absolutely, but no, and this is where it all ties into that. And this is one of those things where, to me, I feel that uh, the realism of wrestling has always. This is the stuff that I stumble on. Is that idea of the run-in or the the what have you of a wrestler that comes out or comes from the crowd or does whatever, and then miraculously ends up just walking backstage or the wrestler that the surprise wrestler that does the run in down the ramp uh during a match or like out from the behind the curtain that i just always that's one of those things that always kind of killed me um regardless of the era where i'm like well didn't anybody see this guy backstage like how did he right you know like oh my god here comes so and so and he's not contracted here. Well, then how the hell was he backstage? Because they weren't going to be like, oh, he was back visiting friends that have <laughs> like worked. Well, you know what I mean? No, we just had a, an issue with this recently at a show I was at where uh, somebody, let's see, how can I sum this up? Somebody needed to be at ringside for a key spot. Sure. But we needed to explain why he was there. Right. Uh, they wound up just shorthanding it, saying just hide at the back door and run in for this spot. So changed but, it but, from being in the crowd to being... Yeah, so for the run-in. But I had suggested, well, before our match, let him go out, let him walk in from the bar, cut a promo, hold up his ticket, and then go sit at ringside. Like, sure. That explains why you're there. You can't just... Again, running in from the back, it's like everybody knows we all talk back there. You have to introduce something like there that to make There has to, to be some kind sense. of way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Want to hear a dumb story about when I wrestled? Sure. I'll be real quick about this. Sure. So um, we <laughs> that they were we were supposed to be that the new team coming in. The new breed? No, uh, that's what I wanted us to be. And I will say, uh, we called ourselves Team 2000 before Techno Team 2000 sure. uh, made uh, their debut. Incidentally, Techno Team 2000 was named Travis and Troy. Yeah. And I have uh, cousins named with those. They're twins. That that's are, awesome. Yeah, those exact names. So, um, the, they're not wrestlers, though. The promoter said, so you guys will just come out through the regular way and make like some kind of stinking get in the ring and say something. 
Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't make sense if we're supposed to be here like like you said, like the renegades. If we're supposed to be the rebels, we should be doing something more, you know, like we should be coming in doing something. Yes. So uh, then they're like, well, can you – okay, well, what are you going to do? I said, well, what if we go stand by the uh, entrance to the building Uh um, because people will be watching the matches and – then we'll come in when it's our turn. We're going to be, this is like going to be like the third thing on the show. Right. Right. And the promoter goes, well, what if there are people buying tickets to get in? And I'm like, come on. Like, let's be, yeah. let's be real. You're, you're 25 minutes, 30 minutes into the show. Like they're not clamoring. They're not beating down the doors to get into this place. And we're going to be lucky if there's 50 people here tonight, you know? Um, so sure enough, we go and stand by the door and they hit our music and we come in and we get in the ring and it's supposed to be this, hey, we're here, whatever, shake this shit up. You got to fight this. for your right to play. It was like, you know, we like we were going to be like these punk rock guys. And um, the promoter who was in the match with us, I don't know, I keep hearing a cat too or some noise. Is that a cat yeah. I hear? I have no clue. Get that cat out of here. Get that cat out of the studio. Um, but anyhow, um, because the uh, promoter was the guy that was like training us, yes. so to speak. Um, he uh, wanted to be in the match. So we got in the ring, uh, and the second I started being like, hey, are you guys ready? He he saw that the crowd responded and then just took the mic and then just like totally just buried the fuck out of us. Yeah. What? Yeah, was totally just like, you guys think you're hot stuff coming in, and that's not – and we were supposed to be the baby faces, right? But then completely turned it around and made it seem like we were the assholes that like interrupted yep. the show. And we're like, oh, so we're and then so we they then we were supposed to challenge them. Like you guys have been doing a lot of talking. We're yeah. gonna challenge you to a match. We were supposed to challenge them to a match and all that stuff. He ended up like calling us pussies and saying like, if you guys got the guts to come back out here. And then we went backstage and Brett and I were just kind of like the fuck was that like what do you what what happened and he's like oh the crowd wasn't buying it the crowd wasn't buying it and i was like okay and then that's when we knew it's time to get out um there have been several times in wrestling where i have been confused by assuming people know more than like should know more than they do right and like that has always amazed me even recently where we were consulted on a booking question that i felt was very <laughs> yes. very basic um, right the quick matter of it is don't start anything unless you're going to have a payoff for it right otherwise it just becomes needlessly complex it just see yeah, yeah exactly i agree um but yeah something like that is like and you're just kind of taken back like i would explain this to you but the fact that I have to explain it to you means that you just don't get it at a level I might not be able to reach you at. I agree. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah. No, and I think that, and it's, again, as we talked about, yeah. it's booking for an audience that's not hip. To, yes. And to, to, you have to book it in such a way that you're really laying it out, the whole landscape out for them and being able to like say who, what's going on and what's happening. And I think even though shows are structured differently, that that first, first or second match needs to be the, the basic, hey, everybody, here's your quick primer on what pro wrestling is so you can yes. understand this framework so you can enjoy the rest of the show. Right. Of course, the big problem with that is everybody keeps trying to go for their WrestleMania moment, right. and they don't want to, you know, turn. They don't want to express themselves differently for the good of the show because, hey, man, I got to get my shit in, right? You know, which then it ties back to again is just the fact. It's like that's why it was important. I think when uh, people changed territories or changed promotions that they wrestled for to have those videos, to have a, some vignettes, had some things mm-hmm. that introduced them to bring them in because if nobody knew any better, I mean, who gave a shit? You, you got to tell them to sell them. Yeah. yeah. There's and, only one show business. You got to get the word out. There. Right. And that's definitely, and I know I think you always have to look at it as, uh, the casual fan. Right. I, I think casual fan outweighs the diehard yeah, a casual fan. fan outweighs the diehard fan, but the diehard fan makes more noise than the casual, casual fan. fan. Right. Makes more noise in the 
avenues that you will perceive as opposed to the only one that counts. Right. Which is the bank. Right. No, absolutely. But and Rolling it, Stones article on the Larry Sharp school, the two rules of wrestling, mask wrestlers don't get laid, and the only records that counts are the ones the bank keeps. Ah, I like that. So Kyle had a big smile on his face there. There you go, Kyle, for free. In the education business, they call that the aha moment of the day. Uh, No, that's 100%. Um, And I think that there's also, and we're going to take it back to John Tenta here for a second. We're going to take it back to your hillbilly Jim Boots. Bring it on down. So John Tenta, shooter, by the way, too. Yes. Uh, He did, uh, wasn't he a sumo guy as well? Is he alive? No. Okay. Um, so Dead. you know when you said the whole thing about Hillbilly Jim and the shiny boots and you're like, yes. How could these be Hulk Hogan's fucking boots? These things are his favorite yeah. boots, they look brand new. And uh do you think that they had to have a slight level of they had to add disbelief to some of that stuff, so just a bunch of idiots didn't think that they could like like so so I'm be like, oh, I could just become friends with Hulk Hogan, and he would. We could have this kind of moment in the ring because there's a lot of people that sure. do that, or like even like the John Tenta thing uh, when he came out because it was Ultimate Warrior, I believe he crushed or did the the the. I think that was the one because or was the, no, he did Hogan. Was that well? Was Tenta the one that came out? He came out of the crowd for Hogan, or was it Ultimate Warrior? Do you remember? I thought it was Hogan, but yeah, either way, whatever. But it was like, Warrior, but it's like there's still that little level of well, this guy's. How, like how real is this and there's almost like there's a glimmer or just a little bit a sheen of um a wink and a nod just so people know not to get any stupid ideas do you feel that they actually intentionally put stuff like that in there or do you think that just kind of might be that attention to detail that gets missed that lets that prevail like the shiny boots right no, but I think that just says we got to get a pair of boots up here. They don't. They don't think past it. No one's in that meeting. No one's in that writers' room going. We should find somebody's boots that are old or gra- have Hogan. Well, back then probably not because it was much more, especially during that era. It was still one booker right. doing everything as opposed to a team full of writers. Okay, gotcha. Of course, they would do the angle different now because, as, as I was trying to do earlier, we were trying to codify the different ways you could debut yeah. somebody yeah. on there. And then, uh, so we had the the winning streak, uh, the person out of the fans, uh, person out of the stands, the mugging, uh, with the rock and rolls and the fabs. You could do six weeks of videotape. Right. Don't even really have to show them just to get that over. What about the uh, bringing in of the partner of the like? The baby face has been beaten down so much that sure now I got I'm somebody like, coming in. There's here. someone there gonna yeah. next week. I'm gonna tell you who this person is. Yeah, you like know, stuff like that. And that's lines. a way to get somebody in there, too. Right. But these are all like booking tropes that worked in a, um, uh, that worked in a territorial system. Uh, going back to the boots thing, like that could have been a recreation that somebody saw in another territory. But when it was done then, you know, they, they, gave, they have the worn boots that they gave, and all they remembered when they got here was, hey, we got to give them a pair of boots. Right. You know, so that's... Just grab any could, boots and go out there. Yeah, and, that could have been the, the copy the to do that or whatever, right. you know. I, why am I starting to have flashbacks now of that the cameraman actually would, like, actually focus in on Hillbilly's boots during the matches sometimes? Did they do that? They must have, right? Yeah, yeah, say so those are Hulk Hogan's like boots. He that's, had to, in... that's to get the angle And they were black, them. right? No, I don't remember that. I felt they were black because I think that might have been another reason why I was like, what the fuck? When's Hulk Hogan ever worn black boots to the ring? Could be. I remember when he wore blue. Yeah. Blue and white. Yeah, that was like yeah. that was something that he had done. And then there time. was always the weird, uh, was it the blue trunks with red boots? Do you recall that? Mm, I don't know about that one. I feel like I remember blue trunks with, or like powder blue trunks with white boots. Possibly. Yeah. I feel like I remember that one. Yeah. But never a Western boot. That, that Never a Western boot. That's that's funny to go back and watch where they were trying to get... The, they, they were trying to refine the formula yes. for what Hulk Hogan should look like. And then I liked when they would adopt things that didn't work. Like uh, one was the helmet with the fist. Yeah, that was so pretty that was ridiculous. Fun. The other one was the headband where he had one end of the headband and he was holding it in his teeth. Yes. That was very common. That was a big one. We got to alter the look, Hogan. Right. What about um, when they would re-debut guys, like a Saba Simba? They bring some, like, how did you feel about that stuff when someone would be reintroduced? Um, And I think there's a big difference. Ricky Steamboat being reintroduced to NWA 
was like, wow, that's good. Yeah. But like Ricky's steamboat with like a dragon headpiece on is bad. Well, by that time, I had tumbled to the fact that, well, A, I watched wrestling closer than a lot of other people. Sure. And then B, you started to see the same cycles. So when somebody would show up in the WWE with a new gimmick, a la Saba Simba, it was just like, they're doing it again. Right. You know, but that kind of frustrated me because, you know, at the time, without really knowing, I wanted wrestlers to come in with the history thinking they were going to bring something else to it as opposed to, we just need these creations and that's all right. we're going to do. Do you appreciate... So it a, kind of depersonalized it for me. Do you appreciate a slow burn? Like, think about the horsemen. It, it all depends. Like, I mean, like, so, okay. So, yeah. I, right. I, I appreciate things that I like. How about that? Wow. Listen to that. There. Um, boy, I was going to say, Kyle, was... <laughs> <laughs> he's listening. Um, the, uh, the slow burn of like, it wasn't like the horsemen were forming, but you didn't know it because it was something so organic that by the right. time it was in your face, you're going, fuck, this is really cool. Yeah. You can't, you can't really pinpoint everyone says, Oh, there's one time Arn said horsemen of the apocalypse, whatever. That's great. He said a word, but it's the build up, the slow build of that faction, like coming together, not like the beat it over your head of like, and here are these guys. Okay. Here's something I'm going to bitch about. Yeah. The whole concept of, oh, what was your favorite faction? You know, what about this? What about that? To me, a faction is nothing more than a booking trope. Sure. So that's just, hey, what's your favorite tag team partner turning on their partner? Right. You know, to me, that's just like, what's your favorite booking trope? It doesn't, like, as a faction, like, what... They don't do anything. Like a faction can't win a title. It's all this this rolling, you know, uber storyline. Right. I I mean again, you, it's just you know you know me, you know how I book. I enjoy factions. Well, I think my booking That's is fine. very solid. But sure, okay, um, here we go. Hey, I'm not calling anybody else for booking help. I call you actually. This next section brought to you by Jay's booking. Email. No, no, not at all. Um. I enjoy the faction, but I think that they have to be very pronounced like as to what it is. I think just putting a group of guys together, I sometimes struggle with that. But if you can give it something that lends some, you know, just like it makes you like this is an interesting group. I like that. Sorry. This has been a paid advertisement from Jay's booking. But anyhow, Derek, let's. Yeah. Uh, um, but no. But you're right. Yeah, so you I, like I see what, what you're, you're like. saying, though. But again, wrestling did seem to be a lot more organic. Dusty was one to say, "Hey, I like that. Let's run with it. Right. Let's do with it." Of course, Dusty always had a problem cutting things off. But right, you know, whatever. Did um, so when you have uh, something like say Kevin Sullivan doing a satanic gimmick, right? We yes. bring that up in Florida. And uh, he's get gathering his troops and all of his people. Do you feel uh, when they start bringing guys in? And I like one. I, I I know we try to stay away from the a lot of the '90s attitude era on up stuff. But you know, you think about like the problem with the NWO was the fact that like at one point it just seemed like everybody was involved in it. You know, yes. like everyone was there. Um, do you look at something like so? Kevin Sullivan had his army. I was it called the army? Uh, just keep going. Uh, so uh, when he had like purple haze and woman, yeah, yeah, and, I know uh, what you're saying, and all that stuff. Come on, might have been a family or something. Do you I don't know get to a point it. when you like when people are coming out or joining that group and Abu Dhabi and all that that you're just like, okay, this is good enough. Like you're like, don't add any more, don't bring anyone else to this. Do you feel that you know the the joke, the Simpsons joke was that when they add the extra character, the cousin Oliver, yeah, uh, that that's when you know that the yeah. Like so, when you're debuting or bringing somebody else out after it's run its course, like it's like okay, well, that's you've yeah you've definitely had your fill on that. That's what yes, okay. You gave so me what your was answer. your question? No, that was you kind of. I'm not sure it. you got your question. It was kind of a weird one. I mean, there is a point, but I I would have to I'd have to disagree. The NWO grew because nobody there knew what they were doing, and it just they just kept throwing them. Yeah, in and changing because it. Because I was like, ah, this is successful. That's you know that you could you could see the cocaine on the screen. Yes, but I I tend to hope, and I don't know if this is true, but that when Dusty and Kevin were working that whole angle, that a lot of those changes were actually thought out, and we're going to add this person so he can 
he or she can perform this specific task. Right. As opposed to come on down, hang out at ringside, look cool with yeah, us. Just be just to be another body to the yeah, group. Yeah. Yeah. Um so like all of these questions, almost everything you ask me on this show, I, I always have to refer back to how is it set up? How is it executed? Right. How is it, you know, because the same thing, you know, is it, is it Dusty and the assassin in Florida doing the, the Santo Negro bit? Or is it Austin Idol and Jerry Lawler in Memphis right. doing the Santo right. Negro bit? You know, it's all the the execution and everything and the participants. Now, maybe not a debut okay. per se. Is there anybody you can think of that you can remember that when it was your debut to them, when you saw them, that you were just like someone that was new and fresh, something that you weren't familiar with, that any names that jumped at you that you're like, holy cow, like that was really cool or amazing or something that just really got you excited? Well, of course, there was Snooka coming off the cage way back when. But... Uh, I'm just going to cut to chase most notably and say it was uh, Stephen Regal or William Regal when he came over in the early 90s. Okay. Because by that time, I was older and I'd been watching wrestling for years and I kind of like, I knew there was something there, but I wanted to see it. Then all of a sudden he came in with what I felt was this uber realistic style. Sure. Wait a minute. This is, this exists somewhere. Like I have to find this. Yeah. Or like, do you, I mean, I don't expect you to remember like, oh, do you remember the first time you saw the Road Warriors? But Yeah, was, I was like 13, and, and, it, was, and, and it was just weird. It was and, weird, and it was kind of like mind-boggling, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Was there, um, were you exposed to Savage before WWF at all? No. Because no. Um, I always look back, too, and you see that stuff when Savage debuted, when they mm-hmm. started the stuff between ICW and Memphis. And uh, with the, yeah. the well, but I'm saying, but like I remember that and him coming in there and being. Like, oh, you you watched Memphis no, back then? No, I didn't. But I'm saying, but like going back and revisiting it, like late and when I well, started going doing the back tape later, trading, sure, with yeah. the tape trading. See, that's what I'm saying. Like there were some things where I'm like, I thought you meant like on on Raw TV. No, 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 okay. no. Uh, I think there's some amazing uh, things where you go, wow, that's yeah, like that was really crazy and that was really well done. Have oh. you ever seen any of that stuff, Cop? No, that's no, great. I see some really good stuff. I still lately I've always been putting over. Uh, Southeastern wrestling. Yeah. When Robert Fuller was owned it and was booking. It's just it's incredible television and incredible. Where are you seeing this? YouTube. Okay. It's on there and it's available to yep, watch. It's great stuff. Really? Great stuff. I'll have to check that out. Now, uh another hot topic that's been going around lately, uh at, speaking of debuts, are you familiar with this uh everyone's talking about this Tom McGee or whatever, the Bret Hart Tom McGee oh, sure. debut? Sure. Uh let me ask you this question. I Okay. I kind of feel I know something about wrestling. Was this really a hot match that everybody was really looking for, or is this something? No, that's... it was just something that they was told it didn't exist, so everybody wanted to see it. Yeah, well, just saw... like the uh, last like battle of Atlanta, Memphis, right? Or Atlanta? Yes, I'm sorry. Yes. Um, sorry, I just I got Memphis on the. Brain I mean, now there. there's a lot of discussion of okay, now what's the holy grail in wrestling? Like what becomes that yeah. at this point? Yeah, yeah, I've seen discussion. I don't, I don't recall anything. Um, and I'm assuming you have probably zero interest in that match that, Oh, I'd see it if there was a way that I didn't have to spend money to do it. Sure. Right. Um, I was surprised. Uh, Did I tell you, um, at Vanguard one time I was down there with my lovely girlfriend, Angela, and we were enjoying a delicious meal provided to us by our good friend, Jim Hollywood. Yes. A strong supporter of wrestling in the Milwaukee area. For sure. How you doing, Jim? And, uh, he was showing old world strongest man competition yes and one of them i'm looking at him looking at him i'm like i'm pretty sure that's tom mcgee yeah he was yeah he was in there so i had to look up that and then tell jim about it and he didn't know that's who that was oh so gotcha now if right we can pull it all together that's great right because that's been i know that people have been talking about that in the last couple weeks uh, i will say that with that match now i guess there's a match with ted dibiase and a match mm-hmm. with arn anderson that's become available right yeah, they ended up going you know, through and which is like they were trying to feed him good workers. They should have married him to somebody to see if he would have taken off, but you know, right. who knows? I think he had too much of a pencil face. Meh. Like it was too th- slender. Sure, a little I mean, bit but of a he beak on him. They could have turned him into a elf. <laughs> yes, Tom Tom Elf McGee McElf, sure. something like that. He was Mega Man. Yes, 
The, uh, so that's kind of one but, of the things. But I mean, you know. but that's also it all feeds into the whole Vince's muscle fetish and, right. and all this other stuff. So tell me, um, we'll wrap it up by you telling me about your debut, my wrestling debut, or yes, or just some random job. You uh, had. My first time in the ring was the night before the Packers uh, went to the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Okay. In what that, that would have been 96. 96? Yeah. yeah. And um, I had to do a run in. I was going to get beat up by Colonel Blatnick and Spymaster. Okay. So, like, somebody had this huge inflatable Packer helmet. So I put that on and went and hung out in the audience. And like made friends and talked with somebody out there just shooting the shit until all of a sudden my spot came up and I started blah, blah, blah. They invited me into the ring. They beat me up. And then security dragged me to the back. Okay. So that was cool. And then a couple months later, I ran into that guy I talked to and he was just like, I had no idea. Like That's... he thought it was just some great sure. you know, working job. But I was just like, eh, well, it. You it, didn't need to know that, so I didn't tell you. You were like, listen, someday I'm going to be on sportsillustrated.com. Remember the name. I what, wasn't you, Derek St. Holmes. What were you? I didn't Squeaky have Squeaky Johnson. Remember the name. That would have been pretty awesome. I know. I think I had wrestled once under. No, had I done Steve Harris? I went to high school with Steve Harris. Yeah, so maybe that wasn't my, I, maybe that wasn't my first time in the ring. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't know. So my first time would have been uh, out in a field in Richfield, Wisconsin, in front of six people. Morty. Yep. Remember, I was talking about that promoter. That I have a tape. Of, I have a picture of it on my phone, but do that's really? not going to transfer well. So go ahead and sign off while I find. Yeah. It. Well, so Derek's going to uh, do his thing here, and if you would like to um, recall back to my story about the promoter that buried us on our debut, um, Richfield. Uh, Morty, yes. So anyhow, pretty wild, right? Okay. Yep. Hey, thank you, Derek. That was an exciting time to talk to you. I'm glad we're back in the saddle here. We've got a lot of good stuff coming up down the road here. We have some celebrity stuff coming up. Yeah, too. and um, we can't divulge a lot of it right now. Because it's not going to come. No, it's going to happen, but I just want to make sure, because we didn't even talk before we started recording. Uh, I just wanted Much to go like when you sent you. me on stage at that uh, pop-up show we had. Well, that was pretty fantastic, wasn't it? No, it was not. Uh, so, if like, people, Were we supposed to pass the mic back and forth? Was I just supposed it to was interrupt great. you? Like, it's for those that don't know discussed. the story, um, I brought Derek up on stage uh, to talk about the podcast. All he at, wanted to do was uh, laugh pop-up at pop-up show we did, and I couldn't stop laughing the whole time. And uh, All he wanted to do was I had laugh. a fantastic uh, time doing that. And um, introducing you to the crowd, maybe some of the people that didn't know you. That was great. You yeah. had to be, I mean, that was fun. I th- I always think that was great. And I want to personally say. No, that part say, wasn't fun because you, you were just took me out there to laugh at I me. want to, it wasn't to laugh at you. It was just because I love our, I love our interactions. Um, but I just want to take this time too on the podcast to apologize to you for yelling at you backstage at that show. Oh, no, I screwed up. Do you really th- feel you screwed up? Absolutely. Okay, well then, but I still felt bad. I, I, I've actually talked to my wife about it a few times and said I really did feel bad that I, I kind of no. Let you Kurt have had it. already yelled at me. Had he? Yeah, I did not realize that. No, you were both one hundred percent right. I shot the wad too quick. Okay, but I swear, from where I was standing, I heard the crowd dip, and I thought that was time. So. Kyle, did you think the crowd dipped before? Do you know what happened, Kyle? So I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So can I might have outset the stage and then go ahead. So oh, uh, just say it. I ran out too quick. For yeah. Basically, in. Derek, uh, Derek ran out too quick. And the way I always like to say it is that um, Derek's not used to having uh, promoters really back him the way I do. Like I really like seeing Derek put in these great roles as superheroes and like super strong and just give him a lot of give him that like superstar push. And so he gets a little overzealous and excited. So when he has to run out to the ring and chase off the heels, the heels hit the ring, barely got a punch or a kick in, and Derek was already out from the back. Didn't even give it a second to simmer. And uh, But he cleared the ring. The crowd was very responsive to him. Um, but I just wish he would have waited a touch longer, maybe five seconds. But I will say, and I mean it sincerely, I felt bad that I yelled at him backstage telling him that he shit the bed on that one. Yeah, so, fuck those guys. Yes. Uh, what did you think, Kyle? When you were you were there, Kyle was in the crowd, by the way, as a just a mere fan. Yeah, I I mean I definitely agree with that assessment. 
I thought that the contract signing part could have gone a little smoother, and a little more hyped up too, but right. I also don't wrestle, so I should probably keep my mouth shut. No, no, that's good. See, that's what we look for stuff from the fans. Um, uh, so, I can't find this picture. Now. So, Derek, even though you were in the wrong, I'm still going to apologize for yelling at you in front of all the people backstage. Um, Kyle, I appreciate your honesty in realizing that Derek was wrong. <laughs> and I want to say you thank asshole. you to the to the fans for being understanding of that situation. I promise we'll talk to Derek before the next show, and he won't do it again. Uh, with that being said, Derek. No promises. Okay, fair enough. This has been Cigars and Conversations with Derek St. Holmes Esquire, brought to you exclusively, exclusively at uh, All the Gimmicks or wherever great podcasts are um, looking at a picture of Derek in the ring. Fantastic. Against the American Ninja. Against the I American. was Savage Steve Harris. That's him there. No, that's Derek. <laughs> yeah, it's Derek. I thought it was Elizabeth when I first saw it. I too. had lots of hair. That's fantastic. Thanks. You, you look like a cross between Elizabeth and the lead singer of Ario Speedwagon. I'll take that. Fair enough. All right. Uh, we'll catch you guys later. Take care. Bye. Bye.